this past week, I received a phone call from a man who had been spending a lot of time watching the news, especially the shooting uh, down in Texas. And he'd taken so much of this news in that he'd come to the point of despair, of debilitating sadness over the deaths of these 19 young students and these two teachers. So in reflecting on my own experience, the way that it hit me, you know, I, I first heard about it, then I started reading about it, and I felt this pang of sadness and grief, but then it kind of passed. You know, my emotions are pretty even because this is kind of routine in our country. Maybe you felt one of these same ways. Maybe you felt overwhelmed with the, uh, you know, the shock of this. Or maybe you said, oh, well, it's, it's another school shooting, and then you went about your day. However, I wonder if there is something more that's there, something more that we need to reflect on and to consider. I wonder if these shootings that our country is experiencing are, are canaries in the coal mine, that they are the tip of the iceberg, that there's a whole lot more that's there that we're not talking about, that these things just kind of get swept under the rug. We are in an Eastertide homily series right now on the book of Revelation. And I would offer you that the world that this book was written to there in the first century paralleled, parallels ours in many ways. This in Jerusalem, this city that this book is about, during the time when it was written in warning, the city of Jerusalem was filled with violence, with madness, conflict, miseries. And it parallels our world today. It's also filled with many of these things, especially here in our country, as we're most recently seeing in this shooting that took place this past week. The book of Revelation was written in the 60s, so this would have been about 30 years, a little over 30 years after Christ's ascent into heaven. And according to first century historian Flavius Josephus, he described this time in Jerusalem as one of the worst times, if not the worst, that that city had ever experienced. A time of, of uh, madness, of sedition, of terrible misery, corruption, thievery, people breaking into your home and stealing things while you're there. A time of great famine. A terrible time. Our Lord predicted this time. 30 years earlier, as he was carrying the cross on the way to Golgotha, remember that there was these women that he stopped to talk to, that he stopped to comfort along the way. They were crying for him. And he told them, he says, don't cry for me. Cry for yourselves and for your children. He was saying, uh, you think this is bad? You think what they're doing to me is bad? You just wait until you see what is to come. He was predicting that time about 30 years later. Difficult, terrible time. He said it was going to be so bad that those, there would be cries um, uh, and, and wishes that the wombs that had, that had given birth would have never given birth, that the breasts that had given suck would have never given suck. He said this would be a time that was so terrible 
that the people would be crying to the mountains, fall upon us, and to the hills, hide us. He said, this is going to be an awful, awful time. He says, you think that this is bad what they're doing to me? He says, if you just wait, right now the wood is green. It's young. You wait till it's dry, and then you will see what happens. And sure enough, in the year 70, God's judgment came on that city. The Lord, as he said in the book of Revelation, came in his recompense, giving unto each as he deserved. That city was destroyed by the general Titus, the Roman general. It was a terrible time to be alive. This is the response to this violence, this sedition that was taking place there in Jerusalem. I think that's bad, but what you might not realize is that our country is pretty close to the same place, not far off from where Jerusalem was. Compared to other nations, except those who are in the midst of war right now, but there's no nation on earth that has as much violence in their homes, on the TV, in the streets. We here in the U.S. have higher rates of murder, assault, rape, violent crime than other societies. You know, since the 1950s, violent crime has quadrupled, meaning it's, it's gone up five times over. Interestingly, in lockstep with the number of guns that we have in our country. In 1950, we had 50 million guns. By 1990, the number had risen to 200 million. Today, it's at 400 million. And the violence, you know, we, we um, you know, pull back and, and, and wince when we read about these school shootings. But these school shootings are the least of the violence that's taking place in our country. The greatest amount of violence takes place not in schools, not in clubs or workplaces or stores, or streets, but in our homes. 50% of the women that are killed are killed in their homes by their partners. Millions of children experience family violence. And how do we respond? How does our, our nation respond? We often combat violence with more violence. We attempt first to kind of abort the problem out of the way to remove and get rid of these unwanted pregnancies. And when that doesn't work, we start pouring violence upon our children. Violent entertainment, TV, games, movies. By the time a child leaves elementary school, this child has seen 8,000 murders, over 100,000 violent acts. And then, you know, you, you make it to adulthood or even earlier, we incarcerate, we jail Unlike any other nation on earth, our incarceration rate is five times any other nation. Quadruple any other nation. I think the lowest state has the lowest incarceration rate. I think it's something like Vermont. Still higher than 90% of the rest of the earth. So are there parallels between our country, our nation in Jerusalem before its destruction this is a good question. Do we deserve to be judged by God? 
like Jerusalem was judged, most probably, we're in a dire situation. The book of Revelation was written to a people who were in a similar situation to our own. How then do you respond to a situation like this? You know, what do you do? It can seem so overwhelming. You know, incapacitating. It's a huge issue, a huge part of our culture. Violence, a way of life here in our country. You know, this school shooting, it's just a blip in comparison to what's taking place. These often bigger hidden problems that don't make it to the news. So what do you do? How do you respond? How do we respond as Catholics? We could work through legislation, although that doesn't seem to be working very well these days. You know, our bishops have uh, kind of clarified what the Catholic position is here in the United States. I think it's important that we as Catholics know this. I think a lot of Catholics don't know what the church's position, what the bishops have taught, what the bishops have asked for here in the United States. And so I looked it up. The USCCP asks for these, these, these things. A ban on assault weapons, background checks, regulating gun sales, a federal gun trafficking bill, improved mental health interventions, and assessment of violent images and experiences in our society. This is what our bishops have asked for. Now, if we're going to be united, our Lord, and we're in the gospel today, he prayed that we would be one. Uh, walking with our bishops, with the leaders of the church, asking for these things, working toward them. However, even more than that, more than working through government or legislation, which doesn't always work very well, we have something else. We, as a people, uh, follow you know, a resurrected Lord. We are an Easter people. We follow one, who wasn't afraid to take on violence onto, his, onto himself, onto his own body. And from that violence, to bring hope, to bring life, resurrected life. We are the ones that follow him who taught forgiveness rather than retaliation. The one who, who taught Catholicity, that oneness that I mentioned. You know, where people are fighting against each other, there's lots of division fighting within our nation, we have the Catholic Church, which is better than any other institution that I know of on this earth for bringing together different peoples of differing views. That's what Catholicity means, the many being made one into human family. We follow the one that teaches holiness through suffering rather than uh, using this as fuel to to, to bring up anger. We follow the one who calls us to conversion, to deal with the abuse in our own homes, our own violent thoughts, to choose life, and to even go beyond ourselves, to love of neighbor, to spread the message, to bring others into the Catholic Church, this healing goodness that our Lord gives to us. This is what we have. This is our great hope in the midst of the sadness that people are feeling right now, that our nation is feeling, both publicly and, and those hidden things that we're experiencing. So the question is, 
Are you willing to be converted? To allow the Lord to change you, to work through you? Are you willing to consider how much news you're taking in? Maybe it's too much. Uh, or, or too much entertainment, too much violence, uh, you know, movies and the like. Are you willing to be united with our bishops as they work and ask for uh, legislative reform in our country? Being one with those, that, those shepherds that the Lord has given to us. Are you working with the church for purposes of evangelization, bringing others into this, this healing entity that's the hope of all creation? Our church, the Lord and his church. It's hard. These are difficult questions, difficult challenges. When the book of Revelation was written to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the rest of the church, these folks are being pulled in both directions. Our Lord had told his followers, when you see the desolation in the temple, run for the hills. You can read about this in, in, in Luke 22. Also, Matthew talks about it. Run for the hills. So you imagine when this, this time was coming, the troops were surrounding the city, getting ready to destroy it along with the temple, and your Jewish neighbors, your Jewish friends are saying, stay with us, stay with us, fight. Fight for this temple. Fight for our traditions. And the church, the disciples are saying, no. Our Lord said to go to the hills. We're not taking this away of violence. This is the same question that we have here in our nation. This same question, these, these pulls, being pulled by family and those who love this way and that way. How do you respond? How do you respond to the culture of violence here in the U.S.? How do you respond to Christ, the one that brings hope, the one that can bring healing in this difficult culture that has permeated our lands? Are you willing to say yes to the Lord, to be converted? We live in a violent nation. School shootings are the forefront, but they're just barely the spear of what pervades our country. Christ is coming to repay everyone for what he has done. When he comes, when he is coming, I don't know but he will come. In preparation for that day, whose side will you be on? When it comes down to it, who are you going to follow? What way are you going to take? Are you going to take the way of Christ and his church, the way of life, the way beyond this culture of violence, the way of suffering and difficulty, but also the way of forgiveness and of charity? The Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let him who hears say, Come. And let him who is thirsty come. Let him who desires take the water of life without price. Amen.